Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, the podcast where we talk about musicals and all the things that they have taught us, everything we know, everything we learned, everything we took away in our hearts, in our heart of hearts. I'm waiting for the music to finish, but it's it's going on today. It's the exact same length as it's always been. <laughs> okay, fair enough. My name is Miranda. That's a beautiful voice you just heard. Was Zancy Weber still a little ill? I might cough eventually. Oh, no. <laughs> Also at the table. Julia Asentraga. I might croak eventually. <laughs> we all will eventually. Part frog. <laughs> She's not listening. No. Three no. parts frog, actually. Three parts. That's a lot of parts. Yeah. Anyway, we have a guest here today. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> a return guest. A return guest. Give it up for... Shannon Foley. Hooray. Hello, Shannon. How Hello, are Miranda. you? I'm pressing on regardless. <laughs> Goodness. So we're all well. Uh, <laughs> pressing on a frog and make off. I'm fine, in case anyone was wondering. We How weren't. are you? Are you all right, Marie? Yeah. Good. I'm pretty good. Excellent. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to talk about not quite a musical. It's not Beretta. What do we call it? Oh. Where do we draw the line? Julie's usually the one who draws lines around It's an here. operetta. It's an operetta. I think that was too cut and dry. I think the, the barriers are coming down. I think, you know, genres are crossing. People no. are... <laughs> no. Opera Australia's doing musicals. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Oh. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, so today is actually um, operettas taught me everything I know. Um, a little <laughs> side project. I, I would say... That an operetta is a kind of a musical. Absolutely. Ooh. I agree with you, Zane. And also, uh, the one we're going to talk about did start out on Broadway, did it not? It's true. It did. It did. It did. Candide. 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 Well, it's a French pronunciation. <laughs> Candide. Candide. Uh, Candide. Or the, um, uh, the, um, the Poe Diddy one. Ken did it. Yo. Um, there's a lot of different versions. But uh, yeah, so who wants to tell us all about Leonard Bernstein's Ken It must be a musical because Sondheim had his little finger in it. He most certainly did. His little finger in it. <laughs> just a little. Yeah, he didn't He didn't do the whole thing. Just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Just a couple of words here yeah, and there. Just a little yeah. bit of lyrics. Tickled the end. So are you, are you wanting the, the pitch? Is that what you're after? Sure. Am I doing it or, or is Shannon doing it? Are you comfortable doing it? Do you want me to do it? I'm ready to do it. I think Zane's ready. Uh, I think Zane, I feel like <laughs> I'm feeling this energy from you that you love it so much and you know probably more about it than I do. So look, I think go for it. Look, I I love Voltaire, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to get that out of it. It's based on a work by Voltaire, the yes. French author. Named? Um, the work what? is named? Condide. Condide. No, it's got a longer name. Condide, there's something about something. Oh, the actual book you're talking about? <laughs> yes. Oh. The Voltaire oh, is named. Um, I, I cannot remember. Condide la optimiste. Vol- no, Voltaire. Me? <laughs> That's the person who wrote it. I feel like it had a longer oh, my name. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you something look that sounded up. like the optimistic Condide. The optimistic Condide. Um, oh, Condide. The same name. Uh, L'optimi- We're so good at French, guys. Yeah, Candide ou l'optimism. So Let's do this whole episode in Candide a French accent. and Full optimism. Candide and optimism. Yeah. So. By Voltaire. By Voltaire. 
Uh, so it is written by uh, Bernstein, of course. Leonard. Leonard Bernstein. Okay, so Condide is the illegitimate nephew to a oh, baron. Oh, should I have the timing? If you want. Uh-oh. So he's the illegitimate nephew to the baron and he's in love with the baron's daughter, Cunegonda. Such remember, a great name. Remember that Cunagonda. name. It's going to come up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maximilian, the baron's son and Cunegonda's brother says, you are not good enough for my sister, you illegitimate nephew, get out. And he sends uh, Condide away. And so Condide goes in order to prove himself. He's wandering around. He gets forced into the military. The military accost the 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 area where the Baron is and uh, kill everyone and rape Cunegonde before they kill her. <gasps> well, supposedly kill her, right? <clears throat> No, it says kill. Really? Yes, it does say kill. And now, Shannon is right to be sceptical of that point and you will find out why. So, Condide uh, goes, uh, just continues wandering around, uh, but he comes across his old tutor, Pangloss. Pangloss is the one who said that we are in the best of all possible worlds, so don't worry about anything because everything is as good as it possibly can be. And now, because he got wounded in the battle, he has a metal nose. Uh, um, (laughs) Right. They run into the... Yeah, Pangloss. Oh, right, sorry. Not Pangolin. (laughs) Um, So they run into the Inquisition. Pangloss is hanged and dead. The Spanish Inquisition? Yes. Uh, and Condit is flogged, flogged um, and, but he still travels on. In Paris, a mysterious beauty has great men fighting over her <gasps> and she sings a song about it and she's then with uh, one of the, the, the kind of uh, mayor of the towns um, and this is Cunegonde. <gasps> alive and well and covered in jewellery. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, she has a companion, the old lady, um, <coughs> so basically Kunagonda is entertaining men for jewellery and money um, And the old lady is there basically a- a- attending to her um, So this they starting to sound a lot like Les Mis I'm just putting that out there <laughs> So Kunagonda flees to Cadiz um, Condide, uh, with Condide and the old lady uh, The old lady sings about how I'm very sorry, there's a lot of plot here I'm just over halfway through <laughs> Uh, sings about how it's good to adopt wherever you are the, the mannerisms of the people and just kind of go with the flow. Another kind of Panglossian sort of like, if you're here, then that's where you're meant to be, so make the best of it. In Buenos Aires. Gosh, they're getting round. Now we're at Tua yeah. Vita. All oh, right. Yeah. They find Maximilian and Paquette. Paquette is the serving girl that Maximilian's in love with, and so they're both there. Paquette of chips, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but... So they're risen from the dead, just like Cunegonde, no explanation. Uh, the governor of Buenos Aires falls for Cunegonde and uh, Maximilian says again to Condide, you are not worthy of my sister. And so uh, Condide stabs Maximilian and flees into the forest. Um, and after ma- leaving Cunegonde, who is then uh, basically adopted by the governor of Buenos Aires for lots of money. Uh, and then so Condide has lots of adventures. Just lots of them. He discovers El Dorado um, and he sends some treasure. That's the city of gold in South America. Oh, wow. Yeah, he sends treasure back to Buenos Aires to buy Cunagonda uh, back from the governor. Um, <coughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, and, uh, and with a message that they'll meet in Venice. Okay, so they're in Venice. Where are they going from here? Um, <laughs> On a boat ride. That's what you yes, right? that's right. It uh, actually is right. Yeah. Mm. Um, once again, Pangloss and no, is Pangloss there? No, Isn't he it's got hung. Candace and Martin. Martin. Martin is a pessimist, and Candide <gasps> and Martin have a debate about whether optimism or pessimism is the right way to view the world. Candide is unconvinced by Martin's pessimism, and so continues on until his boat sinks. <laughs> but. He fashions a raft and is rescued, um, and he discovers. Uh, then he discovers Pangloss. Pangloss is then there. Can I just um, yes, just please, add right now? Please do. Is that Martin, who was the um, what did you call him, the pessimist, gets eaten by a shark? So Nummy. He kind of you know died how he lived. Well, uh, it doesn't seem to matter. You get killed in this show, and you just come back two well, seasons later. Some people do. Some people don't. So Pangolin's back. Pangloss <laughs> is back. Yes. Um, 
so he they got he gets on a raft and Pangloss is there and they reach Venice, but they find that Max is reanimated again um, for a third time. And he's the prefect of police, um, but he's under the thumb of uh, criminals. And Kunigondo and the old lady slave day and night to earn a living in the casino. So things are bad for pretty much everyone. But we're living in the best of all possible worlds. Yes. So together again, the four attempt to console each other um, and buy a small farm outside of the city to star afresh. Here, Condide uh, reminisces about his life and, and finally finally figures out uh, when or where or what he should be thinking about life and decides that, you know, life is neither something that is all good or all bad and you should just figure it out as you go. It's just something there to be made the best of. It's a lot like Pippin, really, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. I know... Did... Except Pippin's about a certain person who has to go follow, have a certain journey, whereas this one is about the world is a certain way and then you travel all the way to find out that you don't have to have it that way. It can be any way. Did the original story by Voltaire... Voltaire. Voltaire. That's what I said. Sorry. Uh, um, did that have that same... All these characters resurrecting yeah. all the time? And it really just happens without it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek so it's just kind of like these characters are here to teach you a lesson so they might not be the exact same character but they're a character that fulfills that same role in your life over and over again yeah keeps coming back so maximilian is someone who's going to keep thinking that you're unworthy because of who you are as a person no matter what station you are because at some stage even the old woman and uh kunagonda change uh, the old woman becomes a lady of society in Venice and Kunigonda becomes a, a scullery maid sort of thing. So, mm. yeah. All sounds a bit much. Look, <laughs> and that's where the opera of operetta comes in because <laughs> it can be a little, uh, you know, yes, complicated. Yes, it's very extravagant. Mm. I, mm. I did see it and I couldn't have sat down and told you the storyline Five minutes after it finished, I uh, was just like, I don't, I don't, what? That's what I was like. But it was lovely. It was a very, very theatrical production. It was very emotional. I, I, I feel like I got the sense of it in feeling, but not in logic. And, it, <laughs> and it's Bernstein music, so you can't. It's really, beautiful yeah, to it's listen amazing. to. Yeah. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And in um. A, Glitter and be gay, which is pro- would it, that would be the me- most well-known song in the score. The only one most I know. people. <laughs> I, th- I think it is because it is the most kind of removable from the show to put into something else. Everything else is very contextual to the show. I would mm. say, except maybe the old ladies assimilate. Um, that's that's a fun one as well that I knew before I listened to, or or I was aware of the show as a whole. Cool. I will say cool, we have. Cool. We have skipped a section <laughs> what? of the show. Here. Of our show. Of our of show, our not podcast. of Condeed. Care to think? <gasps> there it oh, is. The getting to know you. This queen. is why getting we can't have nice things. You. This is why getting I'm not allowed to host the live show. You. This oh, is no. why we can't have nice <laughs> things. So we have two options. Either Shannon already sang the song. Um, okay, so but but either we cast Shannon in anything or we cast Shannon in this show. In Condine. Ah, da. I'd like obviously. to cast him in other things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I cast him as the polar bear. <laughs> okay, for those of you who want to know where the polar bear came from, you will never know where the polar bear <laughs> reference came from. It's funny though. It is funny. Okay, well we'll cast. Well we'll go around and quickly lightning ah, round. This is almost as bad. As casting him in Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have a really easy cast in mind. Off you go. Roger Dupree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved that laugh. It was very <laughs> melodious. It was nice. I enjoyed it. I got my Debray. Henry Higgins. I, I'd like to wait a few more years for that one. That's all right. <laughs> and his bestie, who's never forgotten. What's his name? Colonel Pickering. Yes, both. Because Rolled into one. Because they're camp. Yes. <laughs> I resemble but that remark. They? But are they? Oh, 
This is why I want to. I'm getting a side eye here. This is a bit of a side eye. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's coming to me. Very slowly. Very slowly. I should have thought about this earlier. Mm. That's true. We're still in the throes at the moment of doing the boy from Oz. So I like you're very Peter Allen for me right now. I'm having trouble. Separating. Pushing you into something else. I mean, you literally did cast him as Peter. As Alan, Peter Allen. So. Um, so I'll just run with that. No. I'd like to thank you for that. Thank oh, you. Oh, no problem. It was my pleasure. Um, you have also played Captain Von Trapp for us. Yep. For a 24-hour musical. I like all the camp um, roles. Anything camp, give it to me. Like the, like Captain Von yeah, Trapp. Captain Von Trapp is famously a, a very camp role. Notoriously... Notoriously flamboyant role. So, it, it, to the same token, Daddy Warbucks. Uh, oh, Daddy Warbucks. No. Um, I'm thinking. Wait, wait. It's coming to it's, you. It's, it's coming um, to you. Oh, I don't. I know would who. very much to see you play a mushnik. Ooh, Ooh mm. that'd be nice. I'd like to play. Um, no, nah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. I can't think of it. It's gone. Um, uh. This is really good content in I'm sorry. News. I'm sorry. Like, I'm this sorry. This is why really we skipped it, honestly. Good content. This is obviously why I skipped it, because I can't think of something. Effie yeah. White? No. Right. Um, <laughs> I do love the dream girls. Um, um, good one. The guy from Chess. Okay. The American or the Russian? The Russian. Oh, yeah. I do a very good Russian accent, though. Oh. I don't think that's necessary, oh. but feel free to. <laughs> oh, that's just rude was over good there. Night. You yes. just oh. asked. Oh. No, but he doesn't Russian. usually do it in a Russian accent. Not in a very Russian accent, but there is. Josh Groban certainly didn't. Oh, but Josh Groban, Anatoly. Anatoly, that's his name. There you go. Anatoly. Anatoly. That was actually. Oh, 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 George. Sunday in the park with George. I was about to swear, but I was going to say. Um, love that show. So. Oh, you're welcome then. No, oh, thank you. I would like to see you aged up, making the biggest spectacle as the old lady in Condid. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, <laughs> Patty Lapone. <laughs> like, yeah. Patty Lapone is is the old lady for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Bring on the gender swap. See you I say. About. Bring right. on the gender swaps. <laughs> you cannot play the witch in Into the Woods. <laughs> well, Julie and I have to do well. it. <laughs> As twins. <laughs> Twinsies. Well, well, shall we get back to... Yeah, probably. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, so Conde, yeah, good. Bernstein, fun times. <laughs> so enthusiastic about the operetta, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I I very enjoyed, very enjoyed. I, I very, very enjoyed. enjoyed. I very enjoyed The production it. that I saw of Conde. So it was uh, originally performed in 56, <clears throat> uh, but... Um, it's kind of been reworked in 74 with a new book which is a little bit more faithful to the original novel by Voltaire. Um, Hugh Wheeler. Yes, Hugh, Hugh Wheeler. Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Rewrote the book. Here's the, the book for the show. Yes. Right. Now, are any of you in the room fans of Dorothy Parker? Uh, I... Dorothy Parker. She's a writer and kind of renowned sassy bitch. Have you not seen the movie? Have you seen the movie with... um, Uh, Yes, it is called... uh, From Bridesmaids. What's the actual? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah, Can You Ever Forgive Me? It's really good. It's very good. Dorothy Parker was actually one of the contributors to the text of the show. Um, So Dorothy Parker and our boy Stephen Sondheim. Oh, yeah, no, I do like Dorothy Parker. Does that mean she stole it? Her, her lyrics Because <laughs> she stole everything else that she Well broke. that wasn't Dorothy Parker That was just no. someone pretending to be Dorothy right, Parker Right, right, yeah, right uh, So I think Dorothy Parker herself was an actual uh, contributor to it So it, it has gone through a few, a few hands um, About the time <coughs> But originally it was rather shunned And it wasn't very popular with audiences um, But it has kind of since become a bit more popular can I say, is you know with musicals, is there like a Kevin Bacon effect around Stephen Sondheim, do you think? Like seven degrees of separation <laughs> of Sondheim? Every show, Every show seems to have a little a, touch a little of Sondheim, Sondheim in yeah. it. I think Sondheim, I think it would be more interesting to do it with Schwartz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. he's a bit more obscure. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, he's not a Tom Cruise, he's a Kevin Bacon. All right. I so see what you're saying. 
because Kevin Bacon's Stephen usually Stephen Sondheim like a, is Tom Cruise in this. <laughs> yes, in, in this scenario, Stephen Sondheim is the pinnacle of fame in musical theatre. Right. And Stephen Schwartz is maybe the Kevin Bacon equivalent in oh. musical theatre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other Stephen. It's funny because The it's other, true. other white meat. Ooh. Mm. I don't know what that means. So, um, why do you suppose it didn't do well initially? It's a bit too intellectual, a bit too confusing. It is absurdist. Like, it's pretty absurdist. And, like, I don't maybe know much about the staging. Too early for absurdism, maybe. Maybe. Um, In the 60s and 70s, everyone was getting into that a bit more. Yeah, and I think, I mean, did you make the comparison... On Mike on Pippin? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I think it is very much in that same vein of like breaking down the stories that we tell each tell ourselves. Mm. Um, so maybe it was a little too too early for that. Um, it was nominated for five Tony Awards in 57. It didn't win any, um, but it was Rude. nominated for Best Musical, uh, Best Performance of Featured Actress, Best Conductor, Musical Director, Scenic Design and Costume Design. Barbara Cook played uh, Gunagunda in 1956. Thought that was rather interesting. Barbara Cook. Barbara Cook. Mm. Oh wait, Barbara Cook. Barbara Cook. As in no, as in carry on, Barbara Cook. <laughs> Click at the link. Click at the link. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, it's Barbara Cook. Nah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. not from the Carry On movies, is it? No, she's not from the Carry On that's movies. That's what I asked. She's Barbara oh, Cook. That's Barbara Cook. <laughs> Delicious. And if you'd like to join in on this game, you can Google <laughs> Barbara Cook. And guess whether or not it's Barbara Cook or not. Um, in, in 74, it did a bit better at the Tonys. It won four. It was nominated for eight. Um, it won Best Book, which is the biggest one that it won. Uh, direction, and this, Scenic and Costume. And this was after the book had been reworked a bit. Yeah, this yeah. was the reworked book. Um, nominated for Leading Actor, Featured Actor, Featured Actress, and um, uh, Featured Actress for Two People. Lovely. And then the Broadway won Best Costume Design. It was nominated, etc., etc. And it probably, it being a bit of an absurdist like concept, it would be a lot of fun to design. Like there would be a lot of really different and interesting designs of this show have happened. So what actually introduced me to this musical was the uh, the filmed televised version. Of uh, this with Patty Lapone and Kristen Chenoweth, um, Patty and done Chris. in a concert style with a giant chorus that the the actors kind of work walked in and around with like props that they were like carried on and just set in the center of a stage without like walls or anything. Very fun, very bright and camp. Um, Little side note: uh, Sir Thomas Allen played the um, the person who reads what. Uh, the narrator? narrator. Thank you. <laughs> Having tr- ladies and gentlemen, I've just done a, pr- uh, a show of Peter Allen today, and then my brain's not working very well. <clears throat> yes, he was a narrator, and um, talking about Kevin Bacon, degrees of separation. Uh, Sir Thomas Allen directed a Britain opera I was in when I went was living in London. So there you go. That's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. It's a fun fact. Wow! <laughs> wow! I joking. Um, Serious case of tall poppy over there oh from right. Julie really Arsenfager, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, in other news, it won no Logie Awards, but I am on the wrong tab. Logie Awards. I'm still on the <laughs> Ready Steady Cook page. <laughs> okay. All right. So <clears throat> the we've already mentioned probably the most noted song in the show, Glitter and Bigay. Called, uh, well, Kunagonda's Coloratura Aria. Now, see, it's noted for being particularly difficult. Um, if sung as written with alternative phrases. So three high E flats, uh, uh, two staccato on one sustained. Go on, Julie. It definitely, a- it definitely takes a trained opera singer to sing that version of it properly. I don't know which bit you're talking about. Well, who knows what bit I'm talking about. But the, it's a long song. <laughs> florid passages, very intricate. But they've given a list of all the people that have sung it. Now, I can pick out three of the names on it and at least two of them are Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> um, but uh, Scarlett Stralin, Jessica Pratt, Lauren Molina. Jessica Pratt's an Australian soprano, actually. I thought I, I that knew her name. She's yeah. doing extremely well in Italy at the moment. Yeah, she well, she performed this in the Roman Opera, right? In yeah. 2012. Yeah, they love her. Um, 
a very interesting name, um, Harlan, Harlan Blackwell hmm. in the 97 uh, Broadway. So uh, that's as far back as I'm going because we're just going to get back into like yeah. old operetta performance. Directed by Harold Prince, by the way. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, there's so many names of touched this mm. yeah it's gone through a lot of hands mm. yeah and they're, they're musical theater names and it it was nominated tony's as mm-hmm. a musical yep. so it was really pitched there even though it's structured as an opera right yeah is it sung th- if sung you put through? if you put an opera in a broadway theater does it automatically become a musical well does it is it is it that qualifies it for tony's and so would would they have to put a best opera or would they just be best musical? <laughs> I don't know. Is this if a rhetorical knows, question? <laughs> please tell us. I, well, I, was, I, I wasn't rhetorical. Well, I guess, you know, um, opera companies do Sweeney Todd and, you know, what 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 makes something an opera and what makes something... Julie? A musical. Huh? I wasn't listening again. What makes something an opera instead of a musical? Sung through? It is sung through. I think it's, it becomes more of a... You, are you asking what makes it an opera instead of a musical or operetta instead of an uh, opera? As a, general, as a general idea, because Sweeney Todd's done often by opera companies. Yeah, but that's what I, I, I argue that Sweeney Todd is not a musical, it's an operetta. Because oh. it has recit, it is sung through. Controversial. It's not... It's not sung through. Isn't it Sweeney Todd? It, <laughs> it has the dialogue. It has the dialogue. It has the D. It has the D. It has the D. Oh, yeah, then I don't know. It's dialogue. Um, I, I think the the technical definition involves not having dialogue being sung through. I'm going to stop you there because it's right? not true. No? Well, because um, Dit Salberflöte, which is the magic flute, has um, dialogue. It's music and dialogue. Then it's a musical. Is it a musical? It's a musical. That's what I'm saying. Everything's a musical. A musical. You know, that time when Mozart made a musical. <laughs> now I just I just want to put this in here because I might be calling back to it in my top fives. So, oh, okay. Um, there are six principal characters in this in the show, and all so, of them die several times. Condide never dies, so but everyone else dies. <laughs> Quite a few times, um, particularly particularly Maximilian and 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 Paquette and Cunegonde. Wait, dies is that why can, can I just rag so, uh, run something up your flagpole for a moment? If you must, uh, Zane. <laughs> um, with the actual novel, uh, I believe the book. Is it true that Maximilian doesn't have a name in the book? No, he doesn't. He's right. just the, they the named Baron him just for yes. the the musical because yeah. they wanted. Is they that why you want me to play him? Because I have no name and I die a bunch. <laughs> no, because he's super sassy. Okay. He loses his teeth in the end. By the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> Gummies. Okay. All right. So, um, on top of those six uh, main characters, <laughs> there are over fifty-five other named characters in the show that are just played by various chorus Fun. members. It's what? A game Fun. So many characters. Imagine the costume plot. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because you've got, like, the Spanish Inquisition, you have El Dorado, you have all these different vast areas, you have I a mean, whole you, army you to You could costume. go nice and simple about it. You could give them a base costume and then just add to it or take away from it. Well, in, that- in the filmed version, they had the chorus in, like, a base orange and then whenever they needed these things, they'd put things on top See? of it and yeah. step Great out concept. of the choir. Really Clever. quite a professional thought there. <laughs> when they're in Venice, they just, like... Brought out little boats and stepped in there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little nod. Yeah. To the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think is that part of what makes it an opera? The scale could Ooh. be. What's what's something in the musical terms that has large scale? Name is. Well, I would say even. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're talking, are you talking large scale in terms of production cast or, or cast set? and production right. and. Even story, it has a lot of story. Mm. True. I mean, Little Mermaid. Ah, no. <laughs> but it's big. You've no. got a big cast. You've got a big set. No, a lot you could of do production. that with like a cast of four people. Okay. I'd Ursula. Like to play Ursula, <laughs> <laughs> Ursula, Ariel. Oh, there's some the guy Sebastian. in there. And the dog. <laughs> there's a dog? In the little, in the mermaid? little mermaid, not in the yes. stage version. No, no, actually, in the movie, right. yes. Why is there a dog? 
there's an old English sheepdog in yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's very important to the plot, Shannon. Anyway, we've gone off track. We have gone very track. much off Is track. Is there a dog in Candide? That's the real thing. There can be. There can be so many. They end up on a farm, so every farm needs to have at least one dog. I'm in. I'm sold. So best of all possible worlds when you have a dog. Exactly. Shall we I'm, move on? I think Let's we move on. should. Annie? Hi, I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies and now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinger. The Devil. And a Mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature every week living in a modern day world. Come join us. Oh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Let's talk about X baby. Ah, uh, crappy relationships, the bane of our collective existence. But what do we learn from our mistakes? I'm relationship columnist Liz Bess. And I'm funny guy Tom Harris. Ghosts of Boyfriends Past will chat to guests about love gone wrong and take you on a journey through the funny, tragic, horrifying... And sometimes just plain bonkers stories about that crazy little thing called love. It's like a group therapy session. With two people completely unqualified to be leading it. New episodes drop fortnightly on Thursday, so join in to hear tales of heartbreak and woe and hopefully wind up a little wiser or drunker for it. That's not kind of productions podcast. Okay, the first lesson I learned when I went to see Candide is that Candide is a male name. Correct. Not a female name. I went my whole life thinking Candide was about a woman named Candide. It does end with an E. Which, yeah, I don't know yeah. why. I thought it yes, was a feminine name. If you name. end it in an A, it's something very different and don't Google it. Okay, yes, it I is won't. very different. Um, I believe it has some relationship to the disease. It does. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So that was the first thing I learned. I was like, oh, Candide's the guy. There you go. I, I also, even having you know, studied opera and things, when I was a little opera singer, believed Candide was the woman. I was wrong. Instead, she's got an awful name. Really awful. <laughs> really gross. Yeah. What is it again? I actually don't mind it. Kunagonda. Kunagonda. It has connotations. Kunagonda. I feel like it has connotations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad Kunagonda. you agree on this. <laughs> um, this, Kunagonda. this was the kind of spurning point or the spurring point for me to uh, do a lot of research into Voltaire and start reading up through Voltaire stuff um, back in the day. Is it because you, you heard the musical, saw the show and then went, the hell was that about? I'd better look it up. <laughs> no, it was because of the particular work. I wanted to know whether the philosophy that they ended up in was what Voltaire wanted in his book or whether that was something they just kind of tacked on the end to kind of bring the story to a close. Well, don't leave me hanging. Which no, it definitely is. Oh, cool. So okay, Voltaire is like, don't be so one way or the other, just make the best of what you've got. Yeah. Was so Voltaire a bit of a philosopher? Like, yeah, absolutely. I? I'm pretty sure that's what he was. Right? Oh, right. Was he a bit of a philosopher? <laughs> no, he actually was a complete... He was a philosopher. Yeah. I've not stopped singing New Philosophy since we started this conversation. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Like it's just <laughs> gone round and round and round. I don't even know the whole Ooh, song. Oh, that's another gender swat so I'd love to do. So all I'm singing is, that's my new philosophy on repeat. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Really connected to Candide. Yeah. <laughs> well, Christian Chenoweth, it's just. Oh, yeah, right okay, there. fair enough. There is yeah, see, degrees a, of separation. I know. Mm-hmm. Everything's connected to Candide. If you count shows as people, then yes, it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it does. So that's another thing we've learned. Uh, everyone is connected to Candide. Oh, look, here's, the, here's a little um, uh, a little connection. Uh, Lindy Hume staged the work for Opera Queensland with David Hobson. As Candide, Amelia Faruja as Gunagonda, um, yeah, and Christine uh, Johnson as the old lady mm. with the Queensland Symphony Orchestra. So there you go. Mm. That must have been the one that I saw where she was swinging. Oh, I thought you were swing. talking about Christian Chenoweth because I was confused because the one Zane was talking about, which is semi-staged, yeah, she just has a chaise longue. 
on stage. No, the one I saw, she sang Glitter and Be Gay while swinging on a giant swing Mm. that, like, went out over the the stage. would be a delightful challenge. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was great. That would be fun. I've already got images of the, like, ropes letting go and her flying out into the stadium. (laughs) Of me specifically? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Gender Anyway, what else did we learn from Candide? Uh, I, death is not permanent. <laughs> well, I, I learned that you can get away with pretty much anything in a musical. Like if you have characters that literally die and it's emotional and meaningful and characters suffer loss at their death and then they just reappear and you can go, Oh, okay. I guess you're back. And they're like, yep, we're back. And okay, that's it. And then they die again and it happens again. And like that's a tool that it uses, but it's totally kind of turning a trope of storytelling on its head. Mm. Really you're, interesting. You're a proud nerd, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know the saying, because comics? Yeah. We should say, because musicals. <laughs> yes. Because musicals, right? Because musicals. Yeah, magic of theatre. Yeah. Like, uh, characters just back alive. We don't need to explain it. And how dare you ask us to? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine, I won't. Get on board or get off the train. Okay. Um, also, Maximilian is a very charming villain. Like you, at no point do you like him, but he is. Uh, you always appreciate what he brings to the show and what he's saying. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with the writing. Characters called Max are just super charming, no I matter love their ideals. In that other show that we did, it's, it's well, his name is not Max a million in it's that. It's Max. Though. Close. Close. Max Detweiler. It definitely, it definitely highlights how okay some people were with uh, incest back in the day. That's the sound of me reversing out of this conversation. <laughs> I mean, Candide and Kunigonda are canonical cousins. Well, they are cousins, yes. Yeah. But I mean, are, they, are, they cousins? are they first degree cousins? or? Well, uh, he, uh, Candide is the illegitimate nephew of the Baron. So, and so she is the legitimate daughter of the Baron. So That's they first. are cousins. They're first cousins. It's just me trying to legitimise their. You know. <laughs> well, it's no, legal really. to marry your first cousin. It is actually still legal to marry your first cousin. Yeah, but like so that's, that's like, and I guess it's legal, like that's but how not advised. <laughs> it was a speak. Maximilian was a speaking role in the first 1956 role, apparently. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I feel like I've learned a lot of things from Condit. Has anyone else learned anything? I learned. I learned that no matter how many times you explain a plot to me, I may still not understand it. True. I think even if you saw this show, you wouldn't understand the plot. I'd just come out going, ah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. What I, what I would suggest is listen to the last song by itself, which is Make Our Garden Grow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard that song. Yes, continue. Yeah, and, and that is kind of... The overall, the overarching lesson of the show okay. is that don't approach life with like a dogma that you're putting on life. Just accept what life gives you and make the best of it. Okay, cool. That's and that's lovely. the big lesson. Is that well, is that a go. philosophy that you could all live by? Do you think? Oh, that's my new philosophy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, shall we move on? It's Dreamcast time. Uh oh. It's your Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Oh. Don't all speak at once. Oh, Dreamcasting. Yeah, Dreamcasting. Hmm. Shannon Foley. Oh, look, the, no, I just went, oh, Meryl Streep in anything. But she's mm. already been. She's already done Meryl Streep as old lady would be amazing, but I don't think she has the pipes. I don't think it. I want to hear You know, she um, trained as an opera singer, right? Yeah, but I also know that I would be comparing her to Patti Lapone, and yeah. I think she would suffer for it. What about Audra McDonald? Yeah, absolutely. As anything she wants to be in it, because that's fine. I think Candide. Audra. <laughs> I, yeah, I think go for Audra, it. If if we well, I guess Kristen Chenoweth did it when she was fifty. I think Audra could 50? definitely. I don't, do it. I don't know. Yeah. If, um, I don't know if Audra McDonald has the type of soprano. Sorry, I she's was very. She's very lyric. She's a very lyrical soprano rather than a coloratura. How old is Kristen Jenner? I was having some trouble with this. She's fifty. She's not. Zane's We're googling, all googling it. it. That's <laughs> what the silence is. She's not unwise. Is. I mean, but she's so little. I don't know. <laughs> little has nothing to do with age. How old? She's currently fifty-one. And that was yeah. So she would have been mid forties when she did it. Yeah. And so that's what Audra is now. Mm. 
And yeah, she doesn't have the coloratura. No. But still, I would love to see her. What about Laura um, Benetti? Laura yeah. Benetti? Could have gone there. Just I'm like, very particular about my coloratura sopranos. Um, okay, well, you pick Have one. you heard Laura Benetti? No. Okay, so <laughs> I'm saying yes, she could. Um, It'd be fine. There's, I have a particular, do a great job, particular recording of, um, I'm, mm, I can't say whether she's German or Austrian. I think she's German, um, singing Glitter and Be Gay. Um, and her name is, um, can, talk a bunch German. of cells because I have to For remember. For Maximilian, I feel ridiculously, oh, oh, you suck. Oh, that was bad. You are disgusting. Maybe for the governor That is like the sleazy guy That wants to sleep with everyone And buys buys Kunagonda No, I'm surprised how strongly I feel about this But if it's not Julie Then I think Jason Alexander (laughs) If it's not Julie (laughs) If it's not Julie Then Jason Alexander Because that's the same It'd be very different, but I think I think Maximilian definitely has like a a real a real strong George Costanza vibe. You know that kind of real bitter, um, but still has quite an ego. Um. Okay, I'll be so yours, buddy. So Seinfeld is playing Candide, and um, so Julia Dreyfus is playing. Kunagonda. No, 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 Jerry's not. Um, he's no. not like positive enough. I mean, so Kramer it is. Jerry, Jerry <laughs> might be Martin, might be the pessimist. Yeah, Jerry's yeah. definitely the pessimist. Kramer would be. Kramer would, would be. Yeah, Candide. Candide. Yeah. Okay, there we go. This the whole cut. The cast of Seinfeld performs. Julia Louise Dreyfus would definitely be the old lady. Okay, well, then who do we end up with as Kunagonda? The soup kitchen guy. <laughs> I mean, are nasty. there any other what women about, in yeah, Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah, the one that um, George marries but kills. <laughs> what? Yeah, what's, yeah, is her name Susan? Look, uh, yes, she Susan, dies yeah. by licking stamps or something. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert for anyone licking that hasn't envelopes. seen all of Silent. Yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> she dies by licking I mean that's a ridiculous cast, but you can get away with it. But I'm, I don't, I honestly don't think there's a role for um, Ephraim Zach Ephraim in this one. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I think there is. Um, what about Martin? No? Yeah, I, I guess. He could play one of the 50 or so <laughs> just why named not characters. Ken- why not Candy? Apart from the fact that he can't sing it, why not? I mean, that is why not. Okay, but like, yeah. this is a dream cast. We make people tap dance frequently who can't tap dance. Why can't we just make Zac Efron sing? <laughs> I mean... What are you referring to about the tap dancing there? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, actually, the previous episode we just recorded, but funny that you're offended. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> After I got told about Did my Did you find your, your German dancing. lady? Yes, her name is Diana Darmrau. If you want to listen to a sensational version of Glitter and Be Gay, um, Diana Darmrau is amazing. Does she sing it in German? No, she sings it in English, but she has a, a an accent, which is just delightful. <laughs> a delightful German mm. accent. Mm. I look forward to it. Mm. Mm. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Last call, last call, last call, last call, last call, last call. I think you call. can't go past Patty for Old Lady. I, I think Patty will be perfect for that role and until she's no longer with us. And then forevermore. Okay. What about yeah. Bernadette Peters? I think... Oh, look, and Bette Midler. Bette Midler could do it. Anyone could do it. But I think Patty... <gasps> she's just got the right... Really, it's just Patty. She it's got just the like, good. I am here and you are going to like me no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... That is very... Take it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. And it's also beauty and ugliness rolled into one role. And I think Patty can epitomise both of those. Good call. Let's do top fives. Top five Voltaire musicals. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How many are there? Two. Oh, what's the other one? In Les Mis is based on Voltaire, isn't it? No. no. Who is it based on? I always say Hugo Weaving, but that's, that's not right. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really Hugo Weaving. Book, Hugo Weaving. <laughs> yeah, right? Hugo, that the book for Hugo yeah, Weaving. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. Did you know it was of... by a New Zealander? <laughs> Wait, is he not Australian? No, he's New Zealander. Oh my gosh. Wait, is Hugo Weaving? No, I'm getting him. I'm getting him mixed up with Sam. Neil. Neil. No, Hugo Weaving <laughs> oh, may be no. Australian. Oh. Google um, it, kids. Anywho, 
Top fives for Candide. Top five uh, show-off songs for a Colotero. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. Maybe it's not show-off as much as it is fun. Glitter me gay. Yeah. I think maybe, yeah, maybe top five fun songs for a Colorado. Yeah, it's fun to sing. I can't think of any that are like fun. No, actually, other than yes. that song. That's a very they good tend point. tend to get very I dramatic. Sh- yeah. I change it to this answer. Repertoire, right? <laughs> Have you sung it, Jules? Yes. Oh, amazing. I love it. It's such a fun song, like as we were just saying. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> uh, top five Bernstein shows? Bernstein? Yes? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I mean, Great, why not? Chuck it in there. I'm just trying to think what... I can't think of four others, so... West Side Story second. on the Town. Yeah. Um, Candide. Mac and Mabel. That wasn't Bernstein. That wasn't Bernstein. 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 <laughs> Bernstein, Bernstein. I just... Um, the Bernstein Bears. Recently sung Lucky to Be Me. What's that from? Which is really, uh-huh. really cool song. Um, what else, what else, what else? Um, Top five philosophy musicals. That's my new philosophy. Oh, good lord! Stop. I can't because that's all I can hear in my head. It's a good song. I, I will admit. It's really annoying. Though. Yeah, it is top five. Bernstein, West Side Story, um, Candide, On the Town, Wonderful Town, Peter Pan, On the Waterfront. Ugh. Peter Pan. Wow. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's top there. five. Yeah. Just, just to clarify for everybody, I've googled it. Sufficient. Um, top five most resurrections. In a show. Did, did you say this resurrection? In, resurrection. This and Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, I can't uh, think of others. What about... Um, Boy from Oz? I <laughs> <laughs> don't know if we resurrect as much as we... No. Well, no. I mean, Flesh bear. I guess, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, different, different. Judy was a figment. We didn't really resurrect her. Did we... Oh, no, that's not a resurrection. No, Top I think five yeah. most named characters. Yes, yeah, maybe. With 61 even if it's only in the script. Even know? if it's only okay. in the script and, yeah, and, yeah. 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 Um, top five, is it an opera? Is it a musical? Zzz. Top five <laughs> question marks. Top five borderline opera yeah. musical genre hopping. Top five globetrotting musicals. Oh yeah, yeah it really does go all everywhere in this musical. Mostly this just Europe and America. Around the Africa. world in eighty days. Uh, <laughs> is that even a musical? I don't know. Could be. Could yes, be. Let's write it. Let's write it now. We're already writing a musical for Julie uh, called Eruptions. <laughs> eruptions. Oh, and God. if anybody has done any work on their eruptions uh, synopsis, uh, it doesn't please, need to be finished. Just feel like free to send, to, to send it through Facebook, um, email, musicals taught me podcast at gmail Sorry, sidetrack there. Yeah. Um, I on I this is a personal list. The old lady, top five favorite old women roles. Ooh, I like that one. Because wow, old, that's old a women, big call for it's you. A, it's a big yeah. call, a big and call. I love the old lady so much. I think you're gonna say I love the old lady so much. <laughs> Do you want to fill out that list for us? What about oh, Sweeney Todd? A, a not, I mean, more? not Sweeney Todd, but okay. Which old which old, old lady, lady would you put? In from Sweeney Todd, would it be? Isn't she, she's considered the old beggar woman? Well, no, but she's not. She's not old, old, is she? Uh, because she's well, younger she, than Sweeney. Well, not by much, because she she knows him when she's a woman. When he before yeah, he leaves, they were married. Right? Oh. Are we spoiling Sweeney Todd? Oh, guys, come on, spoilers. spoilers. Okay, fine. Move on. Any more top fives for Candide? Um, I'm going to throw it on top five fun design challenges. Definitely. All those different locations and mm. and the general absurdist. I, I just feel like you could have a lot of fun with that. Absolutely. Cool. Are we done then? Yes. It's time to say goodbye to Candide. Goodbye, Candide. And now it is also time to say goodbye to you, our audience, and our special guest today, Shannon Foley. Oh, thanks, guys. Woo, yeah, stop Shannon. it, but don't Woo, stop. Go, go, Sorry. Thank you for coming on. Thank and, you. Thanks uh, for having me. Chatting some almost opera with us. Almost opera, yeah. Almost opera. Opera's taught Shannon everything he knows. You have quite a very long and interesting history as an opera performer. True. I'm not calling you old, but... Uh, <laughs> however. However, old you've had some time. Yeah, all around the world. Mm. Where's your favourite place to have sung? 
Ooh, uh, the Opera House. In Sydney. In Sydney. In yeah. Sydney. Uh, I guess you're saying the Opera House. Is that, <laughs> is that synonymous? Just just know that Sydney that we're talking about. I guess. Well, not. I don't know. I think I expected you to say somewhere fancy in Europe. I th- walking every day to work and that being my office was pretty amazing. Ah. Yeah. That makes me feel special as an Australian. Yeah. I still call Australia home. I really do. <laughs> Always did. No um, comment. Do you have anything coming up, Shannon, that you'd like to well, plug, tell the people about? Currently playing Peter Allen in The Boy From Oz. But that might not be so current by the time this comes out. Oh, it's out. not going to be. Never mind. Never that's, mind. It was great. Been. It was great. You missed it. If you missed it, you should have come and seen it. Um, I am in um, Cinderella. Lynch and Patterson's putting on Cinderella. It's their first musical and I will be playing the king. A musical? King Maximilian. Is that his name? It is. <gasps> <gasps> See, it's all connected. from candy. Everything is it's connected. connected. It's candy. all connected. Musicals did, you know, teach us everything we know. <laughs> Absolutely everything. Uh, well, all the best. Thank and you so much. Uh, my best wishes to both Lynch and Patterson and Foley in um, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. So if you're in Brisbane, look that up and uh, enjoy. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Miranda. Thanks, Zane. Thank you, Miranda. Thanks, Miranda. Bye. Thanks, Miranda. Bye. So what mountain were the stones in the walls of this specific monastery mine from exactly? Wait, can my character take a dump? What's the governmental structure of every town in this entire Which magic using class is like the most attractive? How these people know how to make tunnels under their town when all they do is farm Why does the genie always me? refuse to make people fall in love with me? Like, if who hurt poison him? rules are the same for every player race, does that mean they all have can the same digestive system? Can my character have a pet? System? Ooh, can that pet have a pet pet? Are your players asking too many questions? Do you really know how your world works? Don't you wish there was a podcast that made this whole thing easier? Come on over to Dungeon Deep Dive, your favourite fantasy world-building podcast. Whether it's tabletop RPGs or creative writing, we do the research so you don't have to. Find us on your podcatcher of choice or on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on at Dungeon Deep Dive. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.